For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Well met, fellow adventurers. Back to reading the law book I go. The next up is the Wine Beast. The Wine Beast is the name given to a strange, massive, humanoid creature of unknown origin that once roamed and ruled the slopes of Iron Fang Mountain. Some say the creature's creation of dark magic left over from the age of Aldol, Aralodron, while others believe it to be a rare breed of troll, perhaps the last of his species. Whatever its origin, the wine beasts invoke terror as few other creatures ever have. The massive, bipedal creature was covered from head to toe in a combination of grey stone scales and thick white fur. His cold black eyes sat just atop a broad, black, flat, broad, bear-like nose, which rested upon a mouth that was full of sharp, jagged teeth. It was nearly a foot wide. Long spikes of bone and ice are said to have protruded from the back of the beast, serving as protection from anything foolhardy enough or unlucky enough to find itself entangled with it. It is said the wine beast possessed strength of two bears and it could run faster than a galloping horse. Having roamed the mountain for centuries, the wine beast was at last defeated when a powerful wizard placed a spell upon its lair, putting the fearsome creature into a deep, perpetual sleep. And then other stuff happened, but that's... uh, adventure we had earlier. Wine beetle. These blue-shelled beetles are the size of a wolf and attack their prey using their potent ice breath. Wither Guild. The Wither Guild is the name of a powerful and influential federation of merchants and tra- traders that oversees and profits from Nearly all of the commerce that passes through Mugsbrough, along the Wither Twind. Over the last century, the guild has grown at a startling rate, expanding beyond the borders of Mugsbrough to other important ports along the Great Wither. The Wither Guild now maintains the presence in each of the following cities along the Wither Twind. Mugsbrough, Trithick, Twindmore, and Groudock. In each of these four cities, the guild operates grand emporiums in which a wide range of items, weapons and armour have been bought and sold. Adventurers seeking to browse the items for sale in the emporiums will first need to purchase a Wither Guild medallion, the Wither Guild office in Mugsport. The Wither Guild wields an extraordinary amount of political power in Mugsport. Through it is yet to achieve a similar level of might elsewhere. The Guild is governed by a Guildmaster who is elected by a council of six. Wither Guild Emporiums Wither Guild Emporiums can be found in the following cities in Telsa. Migsville, Twithick, Trindmore and Groudock. These large halls, featuring a large and ever-changing array of wares of many of the guild's associated merchants, are only available to those in possession of a Wither Guild medallion, available at the Wither Guild office in Mixbrook. The inventory of each emporium is unique (coughs) and changes daily. The prices for the items bought and sold in each emporium also changes daily. (coughs) 
So if you want to maximize your profit, it might be worth it to check out them all. See which ones give the best price. But you can get more than enough gold for your needs just by selling at whichever one's nearest. With a guild medallion. These square copper and iron medallions are used by the Wither Guild to identify those who have been given special access to locations that would otherwise be restricted to guild officials. The Wither Guild's insignia, a widening wither over which hang three stars, was engraved on the front of the medallion. Wither Twinned The Wither Twinned runs from northern Telsa, from the point where from the point where the storm sigh and Trogan withers flow into one another to the eastern end of the arm of Maltar, where it joins the Ethero wither. The wither twin serves as the main passage for transport from the northern part of Tysa to the kingdom's, the kingdom's southern reaches. The cities of Twithic and Milksbrook are two of its chief ports. Alright. Wither Docks. Wither, the Wither Docks is the name commonly ascribed to the inlet that accommodates the main wharfs that handle the Wither passing in and out of Twithic. The loading and unloading of cargo and passages at the Wither Docks, a seemingly never-ending affair, has been decreed by Thane Porridge to be exempt from the city's otherwise strictly enforced curfew. It is rumoured, though not confirmed, that pressure from the Wither Guild, combined with his own appreciation for the importance of the commerce conducted by way of the Wither Docks, is what caused the Thane to issue the decree. Despite recent efforts to improve the Wither Docks, many dilapidated structures still crowd the quayside, Lending the location a seedy, unappealing appearance. Warring wood. The ever-present winds that howl through the towering trees of the ancient forest have given rise to its name, the Warring Wood. According to legend, the abode of a mysterious sorcerer is hidden deep within the wood. Roasting Bench. This is the name given to the bench commonly found found against the wall next to the fireplace in taverns, outhouses and paleo dens. In colder months it is the most sought after spot in these establishments because of its close proximity to the warmth of the fire. Rockspine. These large, bear-sized meowapods generally assume the colour of any rock surface onto which they cling, making it nearly impossible for them to be detected until they move to attack their unwary prey. Rock spines are so named due to the sharp ridges that line the top of their multi-sectioned armoured torsos. Armoured with a set of powerful jaws and deadly mandibles, these ravenous, many-legged horrors lurk in caves and other dark places where they lie in wait, wait to ambush any creature unfortunate enough to wander by. Rog's Knock. This thick, flavorful ale is only found in the Copper Hilt Lodge. The ale, a favourite among some of the more hardened members of the lodge, bears the shortened name of Lodge Ma- Master Wogbadden. By all accounts, the brew is extremely potent. But I wonder, which is more potent? The Hammer Tongue or Wog's Nog? Hmm. Time for a contest, perhaps. A brewing contest between Wogabadden and Prithor. So who can make the booziest booze? 
Grogbadden Thornstorm. Another cool name. The infamous. A select few would add vile. Grogbadden Thornstorm is the lodge master of the Copper Hilt Lodge. One of the oldest and last surviving adventurous guild halls to be found anywhere in the North Brooklands. Having earned a small fortune as a notorious boatswain of the Dragon Skinner, the infamous ship captained by the legendary Jod Walskit, Wogbadden retired from a life at sea and turned his penchant for savage brutality into a profitable turn as an adventurer. Quick to anger and easily provoked to violence, to diminutive Wogbadden, he stands barely over five feet tall, possesses strength uncommon for his size. Under his leadership as Lodge Master, the Copper Hilt Lodge has earned a reputation among adventurers as a place brimming with the promise of adventure and the likelihood of a tooth-loosening brawl. Wokmokkawa, the famous adventurer and self-described hero, Wokmokkawa, has earned quite a reputation over the years as a highly skilled if not somewhat haughty, very haughty in fact, sword for hire. Tales of the adventurous heroics can be heard in taverns across the vast breadth of the North Broadlands. Root wine. Not really a wine at all. Root wine is actually a strong, slightly sweet-spelling spirit made from the root of the y- Yegorek vine. Root wine, sometimes called the jitters, is a drink in demand in taverns and ale houses throughout the realms. Apart from its intoxicating properties, the spirit provides a remarkable warming effect and has long been a cold weather staple, often consumed at the conclusion of a meal. What ache? What ache is a disease that has long plagued the North Broadlands. Through not contagious, the affliction usually persists in an affected area and can afflict itself upon numerous victims before losing its potency. The symptoms of what ache include laboured breathing, breathing, severe fatigue, aching and gradual teak. Tissue death, what ache is almost always fatal. Those unfortunate enough to contact a, contract the disease will ultimately slip in what appears to be a deep sleep, a slumber from which they will never awaken. <gasps> what snail? These giant snails feed upon the rotting remains of the formerly formerly living. They can be found virtually anywhere, but they thrive in dark, damp places. These carnivorous scavengers are fearless and aggressive. Alright, what worm? These small, white, multi-tentacled, grub-like creatures commonly infest rotting wood, which they ravishly devour. To find yourself in any danger from these harmless creatures, you'd need to be about two inches tall. Oh, what a coincidence. That actually happened. In the hundredth episode. Uh. Roust man, men and man. The Roust men, as they are known, are a group of citizens of the city skate of Carson who are fiercely loyal to the Grand Century. It's believed the Roustmen earned their name due to the strong-arm tactics they employ by rousting out those who stand in opposition to the Grand Century. Many brutal crimes have been attributed to this group, whom the Grand Century has long looked upon as loyal supporters. A long-standing hatred exists between the Roustman and the Wabble. Wound skin. Little is known of the origin or purpose of the fearsome 
mythical ogre known as Woundskin, standing over nine feet in height and weighing at least a thousand pounds. The supposedly immortal creature has long been a recurring dilemma for humanity over the seven centuries he has been appearing on Swift. Named for the countless blue wounds that cover nearly every square inch of his loathsome bulk. Woundskin is a sight to behold, and indeed an enemy best avoided. Woundskin possesses the ability to, ch- to change form at will, and often appears as some innocuous entity, before revealing his true, terrifying self and embarking on a savage and gently rampage against his chosen targets, which at various times been an entire city. When his violent parade has won its course, or when he has met with significant resistance, Woundskin has historically departed, but not before substantial damage and misery has been left in his wake. Woundskin will often employ the services of creatures such as goblins, trolls and other ogres, who are only too willing to join him as he rages his brutal war on humanity. Yes. Russell Grouse. The now infamous gang- gambling hall sits in the northern section of the city of Trithic. There are tales to be found throughout the realms. Realms of men walking through its doors as paupers and exiting with the wealth of kings. Hmm. How many were all those tales by any chance spread by the rustled grouse? Yes, and it's prob- they probably make sure not to spread the tales of people walking in with, uh, with the wealth of kings and leaving as paupers. Which happens a lot more often. Over the years, the grouse, as it, as it often not so affection, as it is often not so affectionately referred to, has gained a reputation as a dangerous haven for thieves and cutthroats. The new owner of the rustled grouse, a wealthy and powerful merchant by the name of Thrall Brisrin, has vowed to once again return the seedy gambling hall to its former reputable glory. Despite its somewhat tarnished image of late, the rustled grouse has never lacked for patronage. No, those places never do, do they? Okay. Walgaro. Three has been dead for nearly ten, three centuries. The legacy of the master armour Wygelo lives on through the many grand pieces of armour he smithed over his lifetime. So good were the armours that Wygelo crafted, people began to believe that wearing one of his pieces would make a person invincible in battle. Now, now, that, now that's just a dangerous thing to think. It has long been rumoured, though never confirmed, that Wygelo's brother, the sorcerer Draugro, used his powerful magic to aid the armourer's efforts. Wygo was born, lived, toiled and died in the city of Twithick. Wysal The once proud and powerful kingdom of Wysal has recently been thrown into chaos following the murder of its ruling monarch, King Vlydon. The king had no suitable heir, and upon his death, the kingdom's powerful barons all vied to seize control of the realm. In the midst of the ensuring toil, King Fladon's top advisor, a man named Norin Beg, stepped forth and assumed the post of steward of Walso, which he claims grants him the ability to govern the kingdom until the rightful heir is discovered. Greg currently governs the fractured nation from, from the king's citadel in, Sel- in Selabdin. Selabdin's three knightly orders have sworn allegiance to Norin Breg and have seen to it that Wilson's capital is prepared to withstand any would-be assault 
from the kingdom's power-hungry barons. Alright. So if, if we go into if we ever go into Warsaw, things are gonna get messy. Very, very messy. So it's probably for the best that we just don't go there until they've sorted out whatever it is they're doing. Until they found someone who's who is king or who can just say is king. I mean you can you can always just say Oh yeah, yeah, this guy, this guy, yeah, he's, he's yeah, bastard, yeah, bastard, a king's grandfather, yeah, and there's, there's there's another bastard and another bastard from that bastard, anyway, a whole line of bastards, and then there's this guy, yeah, he he's the closest thing we have to a king. He'll do, he do, he's got king, he's got king blood and all that. Why so was five barons. The kingdom of Warsaw was long ago divided into five distinct baronies. The barons, though under the control of Warsaw's monarch, were given freedom to govern their own jurisdictions as they saw fit, providing their governors did not the, impede the king's will. So it looks like they have a lot more leeway than the thanes do. The kingdom's barons grew in power over the years, and as they did, they became a direct challenge to the authority of the king. When King Theodon and his family were found murdered, many throughout the kingdom believed one or more of the barons were responsible. Upon the death of the monarch, the five barons moved quickly, though separately, to secure control of the kingdom as it entered into the throes of chaos. However, in a move that perhaps none of them expected, Norin Breck, the King, King Fladon's top advisor, stepped forth and declared himself to be the steward of Wildsell. Breck now resides in the King's Citadel, in the city of Selberdin, where he has promised to govern the kingdom until, a, until the rightful heir is discovered. And who knows how long that would take? Celebin's three knightly orders have vowed have vowed to restore Bregg's rulership until the rightful heir is found. The three knightly orders represent a powerful deterrent to any baron who might decide to try and capture the capital of Rysol by force. I'm going to read about the knightly orders since it seems they're not in the alphabetical list. Well, the, the, this one isn't. Sedvan's three knightly orders remain as beacons of truth and hope in a kingdom that's been thrown to the brink of chaos following the murder of its monarch, King Fladon. The three orders are the Council of Thorns, the Order of the Path, and the Gated Legion. Together, these three venerable knightly orders make up the joy of truth, the nine-member body oversees the many united efforts efforts of the three knightly orders Ooh, that's a cool name jewelry of truth all right and that's all the r's done next now it's on to the s and there's a lot of them sand split the treacherous raging waters of the sand split have claimed countless vessels throughout the ages. Through the waters of the split are at their deadliest during the winter. Navigating the split can be a dangerous proposition, regardless of the season. Sangard Isle, rising out of the mist of the turbid, perilous waters of the Sarn Split, is the isle known as Sangard. The large island soared past and its uncertain future make it a haven for adventure and danger. After abandoning the island two centuries ago, recent discoveries have again attracted the eye of the crown, and an attempt to re-establish Tyson control of Sargard is presently underway. However, the effort has so far proved to be no small task. For numerous and savage are the foes, foes of humanity that again stalk the hills and forests of the legendary isle. And that's about, that's only 
part of the problem. For nearly 300 years following the discovery of gold, silver, gems and rich sources of stone on the earth, Sangard became the kingdom's chief source of such valuable commodities. The isle was mined and quarried extensively, but before any such activity could could be could occur, could be could be won a bloody war was could be done a bloody war was waged on its shores. For time uncounted, the isle has been home to two large and savage tribes of trolls and goblins, the Kutlag and the Nauwok, respectively. The names of these two fearsome clans, both of ancient out of our origin, were given to them by the Tyson soldiers who engaged them when Sangard was first conquered 500 years ago. Kutalag translates to Heart of Rage, while Nauwok most readily translates to Blood Seer. The Kutalag trolls and Nauwok goblins had inhabited the, inhabited the art and been at war with one another since before the mighty cities of Telsa were even standing. The arrival of human invaders, however, put the two tribes into an easy but necessary alliance as they strove to push back the tide of humanity that threatened to overcome, to overrun, and forever change the savage shores of Sargard, the only home they have, had ever known. The full might of the Tyson army eventually prevailed in a bloody and bleak war that lasted nearly a decade. The alliance of Kutalag and Nauk was shattered, as both tribes, their populations decimated by the long and brutal struggle, edged closer to extinction. The few remaining trolls and goblins fled to the rugged northern half of the island, leaving the conquerors free to enjoy the many, though costly, spoils of war. For 300 years following the war, Sangard Island became the single largest source of gold, silver, gems and stone within the kingdom. All within Tyso enjoyed the prosperity the conquest of Sangarn had provided. When the mines ran dry and the quarries no longer yielded the stone the growing kingdom required, Sangarn was abandoned. With only a few, within only a few short years, the towns and settlements that sprung up in the human-controlled southern region were deserted. And the great keep that rose out of the island's southern hills, which had for so long protected the settlers of Sangard, stood empty. With the collapse of the human settlements on the island, the remains of the Kutlag and Nauk tribes quickly spread out across the lands they formerly controlled. Sargard once again became a savage battleground, as the ancient war between trolls and goblins promptly resumed. When the last ship set sail from Sargard, it was decreed by the king it was forbidden for anyone to ever again set foot on the island, and for 200 years the island centuries of prosperity it gave birth to faded into the shadows of history. The discovery of a leather-bound journal, little more than a year ago, however, changed everything. Because of a solitary passage in the otherwise insignificant book, the decree was lifted, and an effort to retake the island was immediately set into motion. Sangard Keep, standing in the hilly southeast area of Sangard Island, is the most recognisable symbol of humanity on the Forsaken Keep, Forsaken Island, Sangard Keep. Over the centuries since its abandonment, the keep fell into ruin. Both at the hands of nature and the hands of the vile creatures that once again swarmed the isle. 
A large-scale effort is currently underway to rebuild the keep, which is serving as the headquarters for Thane Mazabank as he oversees the effort to retake the isle. Sageholt. South of Talonus, and nestled into the, at the edge of an ancient forest known as the Blustery Wood. Originally named Wedborn Forest, the village of Saleshalt is, is in many respects a dreary, cheerless sort of place. Saleshalt is infamous for being the centre of the legend of Taladius Wedborn. It says it to this day, over 100 years after the death of Taladius Wedborn, still believe their village and the surrounding areas are home to his curse. Right, we'll get to him eventually. Scavenger. Jibrick Artmore, best known by his legendary moniker Scavenger, is a thief and explorer famous for acquiring numerous artifacts and warehouses both for himself and for various clients throughout the realms. Through many of the many of the accounts of Scavenger's exploit, depict him as a benevolent sort of character who plies his trade to help those in need. Both believe that the real Jibrick Most believe that the real Jibrick Artmore is a ruthless outlaw, those tactics involve cruel deception, thievery, and murder. As famous as the tales featuring Scavenger's adventures have become, very little is actually known about him. Some have gone so far as to suggest Savager doesn't even exist, and that his fictional personages in history sim- simply was born and grew out of the mincing of many well-established tales. Sea dragons, extremely rare, very reclusive, and frightfully powerful. The mighty sea dragons that once inhabited a broad swath of the rugged coastal of the North Broadlands have dwindled in number over the last several centuries. Many believe only a handful of these mighty, majestic creatures remain. Sea dragons are one of the larger and more intelligent species of dragondom. They're thick, green-hued scales are harder than steel and impervious to all but most powerfully enchanted magical weapons. Their broad heads bear six long curved horns, angled in a variety of directions, with which, which they adeptly use to strike and kill large prey from above. Who are not outwardly hostile to humans, sea dragons prefer to be left alone, and will fiercely defend their lairs, Usually sea caves. Sea dragons are known to prey upon smaller dragons of other species and are adept at attacking and killing large marine creatures like whales and sharks. Sea dragons can remain submerged for up to an hour at a time and will often pursue their prey to great distances and great depths. Like most dragons, sea dragons Sea dragons have a set of powerful wings, which they employ as they circle high above the ocean, scouring the waves for their next meal. Yeah, unfortunately, the sea dragon I met was a friend, or, well, became a friend afterwards. Sea Twosk, these powerful aquatic serpents dwell in the depths of the sea and will, on occasion, surface to attack ships. They are larger, more powerful, relative of the Twosk. There are sev- several varieties of these massive serpents, for the majority of them have brown and grey scales. Their heads are adorned with a pair of, of long white horns that the creature will use to attack. These massive reptiles may grow to over 200 feet in length. The sea trosk is perhaps the most dreaded denson of the deep for all Swithian marinas. Alright, 
Celebin. Selbodin is the capital city of the once proud kingdom of Warsaw. The city is famous for its three knightly orders, who are not only champions of the kingdom's monarchs, but for the populace at large. Militarily, Celebin remains the most powerful city in all of Warsaw. In the chaos that followed the murder of Warsaw's King Philadon, it has remained a stalwart be- beacon of truth and stability in the realm. The heart of Selbodin. In the heart of Selbodin stands the King's Citadel, in which now resides the former top advisor to King Philadon, a man named Norin Bregg. Bregg has assumed the post of steward of Walsall, which he claims gives him the authority to rule the kingdom until the rightful heir to the throne is determined. The king's three knightly orders have all vowed their support for the steward and have seen to it that the Sabalian military and fortifications provide an adequate deterrence against attack by one of the power-hungry barons. Shade Goblin Shade Goblins, like most other goblins, are a cruel, savage race of demi-humans who thrive upon deceit, murder and chaos. These goblins fear the night light of day and usually only found out of out of the underground lairs after the sun has set. However, it is impossible possible to encounter these vile creatures during the day, especially in the shade of a forest. Shade goblins, again like most other goblins, adhere to a tribal form of society where the most cunning and brutal of their ranks rise to positions of leadership. Shade goblins have long plagued humankind across the North Broadlands, although their numbers have dwindled over the past few centuries. With little help from the playable the player characters. Shadow. These strange beings appear as vaguely human, opaque black silhouettes. Their origin and purpose is unknown. Shadow Dragon These powerful dragons once whelmed the wilds of Swift, which is now widely assumed these creatures have largely vanished from the world. Shadow Dragons were perhaps the most feared of all dragon kind, for they wielded a powerful magic known as shadow magic. Shadow dragons are, or were, one of the more malevolent species of dragon. And I can definitely attest to that after all the stuff that happened in Proving Grounds 5. Shadow mage. The shadow mage, shadow mage, or sometimes shadow mage... Is a, ma- is a mage who is skilled in shadow magic. Shadow magic. Shadow magic is a rare but powerful Neville discipline involving the manipulation of and communication with shadows. Wielders of shadow magic are often able to manipulate and utilise ordinary shadows for a variety of purposes. There are both combat and non-combat uses for shadow magic. An experienced shadow mage may also be able to communicate with shadows. Through it is the shadows that speak with the mage. And only of their own free will. As shadows meld into other shadows, the power of a shadow, the power of a shadow mage wields either through manipulating them or gaining information from them, grows immensely. It's possible, for example, for a maid several miles from home to manipulate a connected series of shadows to directly affect things in a distant location. He could learn from listening to the shadows who has entered his home, perhaps even cause an unlocked door to suddenly lock itself. Shadow magic is not an officially recognised magical discipline 
and there are indeed very few shadow mages to be found these days. And that's probably for the best, really. Shadow Minion. Once human, these creatures are now shadowy wraths in human guise that serve the great shadow dragon, Maraxa. They are firmly under Maraxa's control and beyond recall. Shadow Path A shadow path is a dimensional rift between the world of Swift and the Neverness that manifests itself in the form of a swirling black or grey vortex. During the Age of Outrun, there existed many magical gateways between the world of Swift and the shadowy Neverwhelm, the Neverness. These gateways came to be known as Shadow Pass, for they were portals to the darkest, most nightmarish realms of the Neverness. The Shadow Pass were only only small remnants of the much larger whiffs between Swift and the Neverness that existed during the Age of Storms. During the Age of Aldwan, the people and nations of Swift waged a near endless battle against the evil creatures of Shadow that used these portals as points of invasion from their dark Neverall realms. Creroid, a powerful Navari spellcaster, was the first to discover a potent magic that could seal off these Neverall gateways. As a member of the Grey Circle, he taught this powerful magic to many in the Brotherhood of Mages. Thus, through the efforts of the Mages of the Grey Circle, nearly all the Shadow Paths that plagued Swift were sealed. When a shadow path was sealed, in its wake, the sealers left a sizable slab of stone, known as a shadow gate. The shadow gates were covered with a cryptic code of wounds. The code of wounds was actually a powerful counterspell that, if deciphered correctly, could be invoked to destroy the shadow gate and reopen the shadow path. Code created the complex, complex coded counterspell, an event his own magic should ever require undoing. Realizing the danger posed by the counterspell, Cord created only one copy of the cipher needed to decrypt his code. The cipher filled nearly three hundred pages, and when and when completed, Croyd gave the weighty tome to the head of his order, the Grey Mage, for safekeeping. As an unlocked shadow gate may once again be locked by a mage of the high enough level of mastery in the Spear of Gating. There were also magical items that are imbued with the ability to relock shadow gates. The only known way to unlock a locked shadow gate is through the use of Corrid Cyber, which by all accounts is a protected artifact in, in the keeping of the Grey Mage. A shadow path with no accompanying shadow gate, a dangerous thing indeed, can be closed by a mage with a very high level, level of mastery in the Spear of Gating, which is a dangerous preposition though. And the failure of such an attempt can have disastrous results. Okay. Shadow Beast. These fearsome creatures of shadow usually only appear at the summons of a powerful shadow mage. They normally appear in the form of a giant shadow of a hulking clawed beast. They are extremely powerful and, at times, immune to the effects of magic. Shadow Glen the va This vast and tangled ravine, located in the heart of Bentlin Wood, 
is home to the infamous Bonejaw clan. A towering stone monolith stands at the northern, at northern end of the glen. Many adventurers believe the monolith is a gateway that guards a hidden entrance into the fabled Horde of Ruin, and they're right. Alright, Shadow Man. Little is known about the Shadow Man, save that he or she is a being of immense power who rules over the Neville realm of Taraxel, said to have only a globe of shadow for her head and no discernible face. The identity and purpose of the Shadow Man remains unknown. Some have speculated the Shadow Man's primary role as rule of Taxel is to protect the Shadow Loon, an artifact said to be able to craft all manner of object out of living shadows. Ah. Shoulder Cross a shoulder cross is a symbolic gesture of general goodwill and decent intent. It can be used nearly everywhere throughout the realms and would be somewhat comparable to a handshake, whatever that is. A shoulder cross is performed by each participant extending his or her white palm outward until it touches the recipient's white shoulder. The recipient then returns, his je- returns the gesture in kind. Alright, shoulder cross. Swine Isle. This small island, too small to appear on most maps, is located just off the southeast corner of Sarngard in the tumbled and treacherous waters of the Sarn Split. The ruins of an ancient shrine of unknown origins dominate the rocky hills in the middle of the island. Many legends tell of a fearsome beast that prowls the island and guards its ancient swine. In many of the tales, this creature is referred to as the Beast of Shrine Isle. Sign of the Seven The Sign of the Seven is the name of a shadowy and sinister organisation of brigands that hoppers out of the Tyson Witherport of Migspore. There are few in the Witherport who would knowingly choose to cross the members of this dangerous brand. There are many stories about people who have disappeared without a trace, following a one or one in with one or more of the group's feared members. Despite their fearsome reputation on the streets of Migspore, the, group, the group's activities so far have not been directed at commerce along the River Twind, and thus the local authorities have not openly pursued them. Eh. After all, they're not, they're not targeting any of the people that matter. Silver Crest The legendary... The legendary band of monster hunters and adventures for hire, known as the Silver Quest, can, can be found in that was founded by the former knight from the city of Celebin named Woundil. The Silver Quest operates out of the city of Twithig, who their death, best days are behind them. The ba- aging group still enjoys an occasional adventure. Provided the reward vastly outweighs any risk, though they would certainly never admit to that. The three long-standing members of the Silver Crest are Wundle. This former knight, the Council of Thorns, is the founder and only leader the Silver Crest has ever had. A f- Pritham, a former wooder, woodcutter and huntsman from Servantaister, Iskridar, once a member of a travelling carnival whose speciality was juggling flaming swords. There was rumours he was at one time a minstrel of considerable talent. The Silver Quest had a fourth member years ago named Teak. After falling out with Wundle, 
antique set-up shop in Twithick selling weapons. The remaining members of the quest, antique, are not fond of speaking of what caused the split. Well, whatever it is, whatever it was, they've got over it now. Uh, pity Woundle wasn't around to see it. Ah, uh, well, well, if you're not, I'm not going to explain what happened because you might not know of the Silver Quest proving grounds. Which gives a lot more backstory to Wundle. A lot. Ah. Okay, Silver Stripe Constrictor. Constrictor. These large, dark-scale snakes have a wide silver stripe that runs the length of their torso. They grow quite large, sometimes exceeding 20 feet in length. They can adapt to survive remarkably well in almost any climate. These powerful constrictors are slow moving and prefer to drop on their unsuspecting prey from above. With the goal being to incapacitate a victim before squeezing it to death. The hide of this snake is quite oily and pungent and therefore not desirable. Silver Claw Troll. This intelligent and rare breed of forest troll is not often encountered on Swift these days. These trolls are easily identifiable to the long and deadly silver-hued claws that protrude from the tips of their fingers and toes. With an intelligence of par with humans, these creatures are particularly fierce and dangerous foes. The use of magic by silver claw trolls is not unheard of. These beasts are also known to possess the innate ability to resist magic. It's believed this ability increases with the troll's age. Well, we had we saw quite quite a few encounters with them in Proving Grounds for Silver Wisp. Oh, there, there isn't one. Yeah, well, I guess we got all, all that we needed to find out when we visited Silver Wisps. Sargok the Silent. This powerful entity of dead legend, worshipped by some ogre clans, is thought to be a greater demon in the service of Joleth. It's believed that the immortal Sargok resides in a temple built in his honour somewhere deep in the Nevernus. Known as the Silent Temple, it said no sound exists within the walls of the demon's sinister sanctum. Okay, bit more, bit more to go. Skirmisher Ant. Unfortunate indeed is the adventurer who runs into a nest or a roving band of these fierce giant ants. Named Skirmisher due to their ferocity and unnerving propensity to attack and devour any living thing they encounter, these ants are best avoided at all cost. More often than not, when Skirmisher ants are encountered, it's a roving band of warrior ants Seeking out a safe location to which they can relocate an existing nest. Typically, skirmisher ants were about as large as a medium-sized dog. The skirmisher ant queen, who they are rarely encountered, well, you've got to keep them safe and hidden, is said to be roughly the size of a bear. Slime ants. These vicious black and green insects are roughly the size of a large dog and receive their name because of a foul-smelling, burning green ooze they are capable of spitting at their prey. Slime ants dwell in complex underground hives where there will usually be a massive green insect present. It will take an extremely confident or extremely foolish adventurer 
to venture into a slime ant hive, and I just happen to be both of them. Alright, so... Slivering Menace. This large, many-legged black insect actually propels itself along the ground by slivering on its scaly underbelly. Its powerful mandibles are capable of crushing bone. Sludge Beast. It has long been rumoured that, that strange slud beasts prowl the twisting passages of Twindmore sewers. Few have lived to tell of their encounter with these horrifying menaces. Snake Tongue. Sometimes referred to as Goblin Breath or Goblin Green. A liquid mixture more commonly known as Snake Tongue. Contains powerful sleep-inducing agents that will often serve to incapacitate creatures as large as ogres. Certainly, certain mixtures of sleep stone, when exposed to pear air for several seconds, will rapidly converse into a thick cloud of greenish gas. Gas. Anyone or anything that happens to inhale sufficient quality of the potent vapour is likely to collapse into a deep sleep. The sleep induced by consumption or exposure to snake tongue is deep and can last for up to an hour. Large creatures such as ogres or trolls will normally wake from a snake tongue induced slumber within just a few minutes. Alright, one more to go. Snow Island. The strange wintry landmass known as Snow Island appears now and again in Bowlock, just off the northern coast of Iron Crown Isle. The last adventurer to, to have explored Snow Island is none other than Zumwim, the illustrious master of the battlegrounds. The few indeed are the details of his brief excursion to the mysterious isle. Snow Island appears every few years, always in the same location. The island remains in place for a short while and then, without warning, vanishes. The unpredictable nature of its sudden appearance, and particularly its sudden disappearances, make it a place upon which few adventurers are willing to set foot. Makes sense, I wouldn't like to just disappear to who knows where. Anyway, that, that's enough for now. So, next, the next one we'll be reading next time. In the next episode, we'll start by reading about Solendor and his wing of illusion. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.